Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast with me, your host, Colton G. Today on the show, we're joined by the new host of The Working Actor Season 2, Natasha Garjulo. Yes, Natasha is a TV and a radio host, an actor and a producer with 15 years experience inside of the entertainment industry. She got her start in the Montreal radio scene and from there built her way up onto doing red carpet interviews, working for Entertainment Tonight Canada, getting to interview some of the biggest movie stars some of the largest entertainment entities and she has carried that momentum throughout her career and continues to host amazing shows amazing interviews whether it's her show the new normal with natasha garjulo or whether it is season two of the working Actor, which we are here to discuss today, this new opportunity. How did it come Natasha's way? What does she hope to bring to season two of The Working Actor? And just who are some of the guests and some of the topics that they have covered so far? All of this and so much more with the incredible Natasha Gar. Julo, and it goes down today in this episode, and it's all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com, where you go to cop yourself something to represent the show everywhere. Yo, wonderful, beautiful face goes. Oh, yes, and now it's about that time that we jump into this conversation with Natasha Gar. Julo, let's go! The Desert Tiger Podcast. Hi there. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing today, Natasha? Good, Colton. I'm good. I heard a lot about you. You've heard. Oh, that's uh, that can mean a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I got uh, an, in, I just, someone have to jump on another Zoom at about one twenty. Does that give us enough time? I'm sure whatever we can get rocked out in this amount of time, we'll make it work. You got it. Good. We're professionals, right? Yes, of course. Where are you based out of? So right now I'm based out of Kamloops, British Columbia. Wow, nice. What's the weather like there? It is freaking gorgeous out today. It's very sunny. I uh, can't wait to get outside after this at some point. <laughs> I'm sure. Lucky you. Mm-hmm. How You're in Montreal? Montreal. Yeah, it's actually nice, but we still have snow on the ground. So not quite as Kamloops BC as you. It's okay. I'm, I'm originally from Saskatchewan, so I understand that having uh, snow on the ground until like well into the late spring, early summer. <laughs> okay, cool. I've been to Saskatchewan once. I was on a movie set. I had to cover a film set and that was the only time I ever went. It's very flat. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> definitely much different from where I am now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we're here to talk a little bit about the working actor today. Mm, Yes. You ready to jump on in? 
Let's go. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, this is season two, and you're taking over from the wonderful host of season one. So, first question is how did this opportunity come your way? You know what? I had no idea what I was auditioning for when my agent contacted me. Um, It was through the casting workbook. And so uh, my agent's like, you have an audition through the casting workbook. They want to know if you're able to speak uh, Spanish as well as English. And if you're able to um, conduct interviews bilingually in both languages. And I've taken Spanish courses before because I use them up in my university electives. So I thought, okay, time to brush up on my Spanish. And I had done the total screen test in Spanish, just talking about myself, et cetera. But I still had no idea what I was auditioning for. They just said that I would be talking to actors and people in the industry and basically just doing what I've been doing throughout the years. So I'm like, okay, let's go ahead. And then after a couple of different screen tests and audition, I found out that it was for the casting workbook and it was for their new season um, and that I was going to be taken over. And I got very excited and it's been a great ride so far. Awesome. Awesome. Well, always glad to hear that. Glad to hear that it's going well for you. So, of course, um, you mentioned that you have quite a bit of experience inside of this entertainment industry. So what exactly are you trying to bring to the season two here? Okay, well, um, I have quite a bit of uh, experience just interviewing uh, directors and actors and uh, a lot of connections in the movie and television industry. So I would like to bring my connections to Casting Workbook and try and get people who are going to share their insight about how the industry works, not just casting directors, but perhaps hear stories from directors and actors in the field who are going to kind of share their journeys and give you tips on how to better yourself as an actor. Um, I know the community is a really big, huge community of actors. But when you start to hear stories from people behind the scenes, you really actually start learning a lot more about the industry than you would from an actor. And I found that that was so true when I started doing interviews during junkets, where I felt like the directors and the casting directors were the ones who were giving me so much behind the scenes scoop on what was going on on a movie set or on a TV series that it just helped me get better interviews when it came time to me interviewing the cast. Okay. Okay. And that's a really wonderful way to look at things because the industry is so much more than just actors themselves. Absolutely. You know, I think as an actor or as a talent or anyone working in this field, you kind of have to not, um, not discourage yourself or not look away from having a plan B, C, and D because maybe, yeah, you want to be an actor, but it's really great to learn about the industry as a whole and kind of see how you can be beneficial and an asset to other things that fall under the umbrella, because sometimes you'll find that uh, you'll find a different path that interests you more. And maybe you have strengths in those areas. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you see that too, with even, um, some actors who have been at this game for a very long time also have transitioned into other roles. Sometimes you can't stay in the same thing forever. Sometimes it gets harder to find roles as maybe you age or whatever the case may happen to be. So you see a lot of actors these days are starting to get into that directing, into that producing world. Absolutely. I think 
I think in back of every actor's mind at one point in their life, they get they get attracted to the behind the scenes and the excitement of producing your own uh, series or being a director because there's a real adrenaline rush to putting together something. I remember when I started off in university, um, I started putting together stuff as a producer and I would show my, my, my homework to my parents and they never understood. They were like, well, when are you on screen? And I'm like, I'm not, I produce the, the actual episode. Right. And my parents didn't understand this industry at all, but you'll find that as you get older and as with more experience, you'll find that the producer role and the director role and the casting director role is really a big chunk of what makes the industry so successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like we said, is it's it's what drives it without those little like even the people holding the sound boom and whatever, without those guys, the movie's gonna sound like garbage. Who's gonna watch it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, I was in on a QA with uh, the trial of Chicago Seven, the movie that is up for so many awards at the Oscars, and Aaron Sorkin was saying how his job is just 10% because 90% of that film was all the casting directors who cast an impeccable, phenomenal cast for it. And after that, he's like, well, my job was easy. Uh, I had to direct the film, which we all know. I mean, Aaron Sorkin is amazing, but he gave so much credit to the people behind the scenes who made that film successful. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And that's casting directors are definitely one of those uh, underappreciated roles. So it's good to see them getting light. And it's Actually, the first guests that you had on season two happened to be casting directors. So also taking into that area of this world. Yeah, I was a little intimidated to have them um, good faith casting the two dynamic, the mom and uh, daughter duo. I was kind of intimidated because I think everybody as an actor, when you go into an audition, you're always intimidated by the casting director, right? Because they're the ones who are going to say yes or no to your audition. And they're the ones who basically are in control of whether you get a callback or not. And I think I felt the exact same way as I was interviewing these really popular um, casting agents who were from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who were responsible for casting so many great series out there and in LA. And here I am, you know, talking to them about acting. I wanted to impress them as well, but they gave back so much feedback and uh, it, they were great and they were really honest and uh, they even said it as well. It's, it's pretty intimidating to be a casting director because you have this perception that they're always tough on you, but casting directors really want to see you succeed and they're trying every way possible to help you get the gig if you're the one that they choose. So, Well, and it's a lot of pressure on them too, because if they choose somebody who maybe doesn't end up working out or whatever the case happens to be, like they want to make sure that they're making the absolute right choice. Absolutely. You got that correct. Uh, You know, I, I think sometimes they know when they see someone walk in, just from my experience of talking even to Brian Levy last week, he said, you know, you know, the minute somebody walks in, that they're right for the role. And other times, you know, when an actor is a lazy actor where they don't fully read the entire script and they just read the sides that they were given, he's like, you can tell as a casting director, we know whether you put in the work to actually audition for this role or whether you were just sent the script and you just read the lines that you were auditioning for. 
did you figure out who this character is and who you're portraying, what the energy is? Like, exactly. yeah. And then I realized too, I was learning so much from them because they're like, there's a reason why we give you a couple more scenes for your audition, because we want you to read before your scene and after your scene. So you understand what your character is going through. So there's a couple of tips even I learned, and I, I'm the host of this show. And, you know, this is a front row seat for any actor around the world to get insightful knowledge from casting directors and people in the industry. And I'm hosting it and I, I'm moderating it, but I'm learning as I'm going as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we dove into the first episode. So what other topics, what other guests have come your way, are coming our way? Okay. So, um, you know, I'm from Montreal, Quebec, and there's a lot of great talent that comes out of this province. Uh, we have Maxime Hua, who was on, who was telling us how to be a successful actor uh, because she's been working as a child actor and all the way up into uh, now as an adult. And she wants to transition as well behind the scenes. Kevin Vanasse, who is a phenomenal international award-winning actress, her first break into the American market, she was called for an audition. Do you remember the show Pan Am on ABC? Yes, yes. All right. So she was working in Montreal. Her agent called her and said, they're auditioning for this series. You have to fly to New York City. Her first American audition, landed in New York, nailed it. Um, so we're going to try and teach actors who are tuning in how to submit award-winning auditions and reels and uh, get some insight on her because... It seems like every movie she's done gets so much praise. She was also in Denis Villeneuve's Polytechnique, which uh, won an award in Cannes. So um, she's got a really different story on how to go about it. And I think a lot of people will uh, benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And definitely someone who's taken on different aspects of the industry, too, from that indie filmmaking and otherwise as well. Also, I mean, you know, the big big question everybody always has when you talk to an international actress or actor is how did you break into the American market? Um, because the Quebec star system is very unique. Canadian star system is another, uh, industry altogether, but then, you know, breaking into the United States, I think that's kind of an actor's dream at one point is you want to make that transition and be successful at it. So she has the answers and we'll find out because I'm recording that right after you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So that should be exciting. And it's um, one thing I want to touch on is it's amazing how supportive of the arts the whole Montreal scene is because like I've been there to like watch festivals and stuff, but I had no idea that Montreal like Quebec had its own version of The Voice. And it was like, wait, what? It was like, how does this one province support this whole thing on its own? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think Quebec has adopted a lot of American uh, shows and made it their own. And uh, like I said, here there is a totally different star system where uh, Quebec actors and Quebec celebrities are treated like Hollywood celebrities in this part of the country. So um, it's very unique, but it's something to be proud of because they've uh, they've created this industry for them that really works and um, we have a lot of talent that's come out of here. I mean, Celindian. I mean, if that's the bar, who? <laughs> right? If that's the bar, right? I mean, we all can't be Celine, but I mean. Even if you get halfway to Celine, I mean, <laughs> I'd be happy. I'd be happy. Okay, yeah. No, but there's some great talent that's come out of Montreal. Jay Baruchel, uh, Celine Dion, Karen Vaness, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, you know, that's just to name a few, but... Um, 
I think every province is, is proud of their talent. Fantastic. So one thing that you mentioned is right after this call, you're jumping into another call to do another interview. If anyone who watches you on social media or otherwise constantly sees that you're on the go, you're always creating. And even with this last year where you probably had to homeschool your daughter and everything else, it's how do you balance all of these different things? I think how everybody else balances it. I don't like to be bored and I don't like to sit at home and do nothing. And I think COVID has forced us all to be uncomfortable this year and just sit at home and try and figure out what to do with our time. Um, And so I just, I wanted to be ready so that whenever that reset button is hit and we can all go back out into the world, I want to look back on this time and say, well, I did something with it, whether it was good or bad or whether it worked or it didn't. I just want to be able to know that I didn't waste a year just sitting down and not doing anything. And that's okay if you have, but, you know, living in the moment is so important. And I think it's all, uh, we learned last year, but I kind of wanted to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to pivot during this pandemic and uh, make it work for me? But, you know, social media is all smoke and mirrors. We all know that too. It's true. We all know, you know, Social media is just like an actor as well. It's like actors have to lie in order to be good at their roles because they're pretending to be somebody else. And I think social media is exactly like that too. It's all smoking. Oh, exactly. It's like, here, here's uh, this piece of my life where I'm wearing a dress shirt for a small amount of the day, and then I'm going to go put on cozy clothing right afterwards. Right, exactly. I know you're wearing pajama pants underneath that nice shirt of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Actually in jeans today, surprisingly. Oh, good for you. Usually, usually it'd be sweatpants, though. You got me there. <laughs> All right. So um, normally I try and add a little bit of a personal aspect to things. So we talked about how you've gone through this last year. So what I would like to know is instead now is you have spent a lot of time working with various uh, different groups, holding conferences to inspire various women and otherwise. And we mentioned your daughter. So what has it been like to see your daughter grow up in this world and then how has it seen to see your influence inside of her? Sometimes I don't know if I am an influence on her because she's starting to roll her eyes, right? She's getting to that age where she's like, oh, mom, please, you're embarrassing me. Um, but I think if anything, it just, um, it just reinforces that I want her to be anyone and, any, and, and go into any industry she chooses and that no one can stop her. I mean, I've had a lot of setbacks in my life and in my career, and it was never an option for me to stop because I wanted to keep on going. And I really tell her every day that you really have to find something that you love and you're good at. And it doesn't matter what that is, but as long as you're good at it and it makes you happy and you love doing it, then keep on pursuing it. Um, but I, I guess, you know, she's witnessed, she's witnessed all my ups and downs. And uh, I, I asked her that actually the other night. I'm like, you know, what do you think of me constantly like hustling and going to an audition here or trying to do that and interviewing there? And she's like, well, you're just working hard. And to me, that was a great answer because it showed her that you need to work hard in order to get what you want. So I hope I answered your question. You did a fantastic job. And I know that you have to work hard. I would love to keep you for longer and to find out more, but I know that you have a very important call coming up You're soon. So sweet. 
Colton, I heard so much great things about you. So I hope that once COVID is over, I can meet you in person and uh, you can probably come to Montreal and you can see a little bit of La Belle Province. I would love to come back. It's been since 2014 since I've been there. So I'd love to be back. You're due for a visit, but you got to come in the summer during festival season. Yes, yes, absolutely. I will make that happen. And maybe I'll see you on a red carpet somewhere as well. I would love that. Thank you. Well, until then, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Natasha Garjulo here today on this episode. If you want to find more of the working actor or casting a work book, it's super simple. All you have to do is head to their website, thecastingworkbook.com. You can also find them on social media. You can find links to it as well through Natasha's social media. You should definitely go and follow her as well. She's constantly doing amazing things. And with that, I need to give a roaring final DTP. Thank you to Natasha for joining us here on today's episode of the podcast. And I have the wonderful Mackenzie from Strut Entertainment to thank for going ahead and helping with setting this conversation up. Last but not least, I need to thank... Oh, wait, no. We need to thank German from your podcast editor for making this episode sound so friggin' amazing. Last but not least, we need to thank you, The Ambush, for tuning into this episode of the podcast. If you've yet to join up with The Am, it's as easy as hitting follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening sir. This you can also help the show grow by sharing this episode with your friends, your family, on your social media, anyone who you think would enjoy this episode. You can also review the show with a big five stars on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can also head to DesertTigerMerch.com and copy yourself something to represent this show everywhere your beautiful face goes. And with that, now it's about time that we say bye-bye, but not before I tell you to go out and find your mountaintop, your oasis, the thing that makes your heart sing and scream to its fullest capacity and glory. Find your roar. And once you find your roar, build it up and then let it out into the world and show them just how powerful, wondrous, and beautiful you and your roar are capable of being because you are all of that and oh so much more. Bye-bye, Ambush. The Desert Tiger Podcast.